0: broadcasting live from the Raiders' practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador.
1: I think it's, it's uh, we study fourth down a whole lot more than maybe we did in the past. That That is very accurate. And, um, you know, really it's anywhere on the field. Before, if it was fourth and two on the 35-yard line, the defense was already running off the the field now you got to kind of pause and wait because teams are going for it you know because it really is about possessions you know how many possessions that's one thing we look at defensively how many possessions did our offense have and you'd like to get it in the 12 13 possessions in that rate there's a couple games I looked at I think it was maybe it was a Chicago game our offense only had 10 possessions and we looked at that and said boy, we, we've got to find a way to steal possessions and that's what offenses are doing now they're going on fourth down to to try to almost gain another possession. And uh, we have to be alert for that, and know the team that we're going against. And, you know, if they're going to be that aggressive, you know, we've got we to find ways to get them off the field.
0: It's all in the numbers, Lincoln. And the numbers... Um have forced and made or opened people's eyes to change. Uh, and that includes NFL head coaches on going for it and fourth down. And, you know, when I saw started seeing that tra- uh, trend, Lincoln, uh, I would play my son in Madden, right? Um, uh uh-huh. Okay. And he would just do – he would just – Go for it on every fourth down. And I used to get mad at him because a lot of times he would end up completing the play and getting the first down. I'm like, teams don't do that. Let's play real, you know, real football here uh, and not just go for it on, on, on every fourth down. Well, it's getting to the point now, Lincoln, where it's becoming more and more an acceptable part of the game and the game plan to go for it on fourth downs.
2: Well, you know what? There are some aggressive coaches, and I've seen a lot of it in both college and pro. I, there are times where I think you have to play the percentages. More importantly, right. there are times where I say, you know, you got you to gotta let your, 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 you know, you know what drop and, and go for it every now and then, uh, mm-hmm. depending on the team that you're playing. Because a lot of times you'll get in situations where you won't get the ball back or somebody will go up once you punt it away. You can't stop them. So I think you have to take that in consideration. But you always have to have a plan. And what I appreciate most, and we've seen a lot of, third down the shorts, and fourth down the shorts fail the Raiders this year. Um, but what I did appreciate most is that I saw them, had a pl- they had a plan, they utilized it in Denver. I mean, look, everyone knows Jalen Rashard's coming in. He's the best back at picking up the blitz uh, to, to help protection, right? So he comes in the Denver game, and the first couple of times he's picking up the blitz, he's doing just that. And then, you know, the one time in the third and short, he, they slip him out of the backfield, and he's got a step or two on the, on the linebacker, he's able to get the first down. That's yep. creative to me.
0: Yeah, you got to have a
2: plan. What I don't want to see, and you already know this is probably not going to happen. I mean, um, the fact that Derek doesn't need to do his own read.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) It can't
2: be as obvious as when Mariota or Peterman comes in a game that that's what you're going to do. He also doesn't need to do a quarterback sneak because we saw him almost get decapitated on that as well. So it's too big of a risk to do plays like that. But you got to have a plan in
0: place. You do, and you know you, you you're right. Uh, there are coaches, um, I think these younger coaches um, that are that are maybe a little bit more in tune with the analytics and open to it, I should say. Um, Because in some quarters, there's always resistance to change, especially when it's asking you or telling you to do something that traditionally and historically just wasn't really accepted. Third, fourth down, punt it, play field goal position, uh, hope hope, hope your defense gets a stop, get the ball back. Um, So, But there's a change now going on. But I'll say this, Lincoln. I'm almost predicting that a team is going to lose a playoff game, a huge game, because of a decision to go for it maybe on fourth down in their own end of the field. Um, And it's going to force everyone then to look at it again a little bit differently. Like you're seeing that now where teams are on their, you know, 28-yard line, 34-yard line on a fourth and one and, and going for it. You never saw that ever, 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 ever back in the day but now you're starting to see it and right now it's just the regular season so there's a curiosity level to it and you're wondering is it going to work did it work will it work uh did it backfire all those things but it takes on a more pronounced um uh feeling and reality if somebody decides to do that in a must-have playoff game and it backfires on them
2: well excuse me you okay Okay, yeah, I just had to sneeze. Um, okay. <laughs> I, am I'm, I'm, I'm not a big analytical person. I'm not a big one who pays a lot of attention to analytics. I go off of feel. There are times where I think the momentum is in your favor. If you have a good drive and you're, you know, there are things, you know, you, you'll talk about four down territory or, or trying to, you know, run that clock out. And I, and that, that to me is just smart football. That's, that's where you feel that's, that to me is what, what a head coach's responsibility is. You know what I mean? To, to, to gauge whether or not he thinks his team has enough momentum to get the first down. Or and, and obviously you go for it when you need it, but sometimes you want to, you want to kill the clock. You don't want to give the ball back and, and you want to, you want, you'll, have that four down territory so i i go off of feel more so than anything but i can honestly say the way that um aj cole has been turning over the field the way he's been punting it's not a bad idea to punt <laughs> you know what i mean it's that's a huge it's not a bad point
0: idea.
2: yeah i mean that's exactly right so if you have that advantage um and, and you have that at your disposal you definitely have that but i mean you just i i, I go off of feel
0: yeah and what was interesting about that question um we we just we heard the answer we didn't hear the question it was Adam Hill uh, my colleague over at the Las Vegas Review Journal and what he was trying to uh, what he was asking Gus Bradley the Raiders defensive coordinator who was speaking right there was does it change how you approach a fourth down because typically historically Lincoln what you would do is this is this is the line to get i don't care if we give them one yard ahead of this line that's the goal make sure that they don't get to this line even if it's a, a you know a foot before that line because traditionally, historically, um, when teams face a fourth and one, short of, you know, the clock is running out or, you know, I'm just talking in a typical situation throughout the course of a game. Fourth and one, you know, in the middle of a game, you punt it and and, and play that percentage game. But now, with more and more teams going for it on fourth down, it forces you as a defensive coordinator, that's what Gus was talking about, is it's not just about defending the yard to get anymore, the line to get anymore. It's like we may... Now it's like got to keep them four yards short of the uh, of, of that yard to get because they're they're liable to go for it on fourth down. So it does from a practical and a coaching standpoint, it changes how you have to defend now too.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it, and and, and more so on the offensive side. That's why it's actually absolutely key to get positive yards on first down, to, because some of those fourth down and shorts. If you will, are more obviously they're more manageable than fourth and long. You probably won't go for it, but you know right. to have that, and you can always take a shot. I mean, you can always do something that that you think the defense isn't suspecting. If you're playing tight, I mean, you can take a shot. You just have to make it work.
0: Yep, absolutely. Out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider twenty seven is on the line. How you doing, Raider twenty seven?
3: Hey, Link and and Vinny, you guys are uh, too interesting today. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you. I talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, uh, interested in Link's uh, comments he made on Twitter this morning about Raider Nation showing up at the stadium. Totally agree with that. Um, I was at the Bears game. Uh, I wish I had made it to the Rocks, but we just ran out of time. We just couldn't make it over there before we thought you guys would be gone. But anyway, um, here's the thing. When I was a season ticket, I think the last year the Raiders were in Las Vegas, or in Los Angeles, was 1993. My seats were halfway up the stadium on the 23-yard line, and they cost $33 a seat. Now, um, I think the tickets that I just went to were right, literally right underneath one of the big scoreboards on the – um um, towards the end of the field, we were the last row, and they were great seats. I mean, I'm not complaining, but they were $127 a seat face value. So I think, you know, because of the, the PSLs and the economy of it, I think a lot of these people are selling their seats so that they can afford to go to a few games. Where back when I had my seats, it was pretty easy. for I was just a regular guy that worked, and I, I made... I made decent money, but I wasn't wealthy. But, you know, I could afford to go to the games. Now, it's, I think it's a little bit harder for people to do what they have to sell some little seats. And it's not just Las Vegas. It's not just San Diego. Um, I guess, I read on Twitter, the Titans-Buffalo game was 50-50, and you can hear it on TV. Almost every stadium in the league has a lot of visiting fans there's going to be a lot of people come to Vegas because they want to come to Vegas. I mean, that's It was really cool, man. I mean, it was a blast. And, and we saw just hundreds of Raider fans from other places in the hotels. We stayed in the Tropicana, but we were in uh, the Luxor and the Mandalay Bay, also just kind of cruising around. And there were Raider fans that had traveled from everywhere. And, you know, coming to the stadium was almost like coming to Mecca. You're talking (laughs) to people outside the stadium, and we're getting emotional. You know, it's just like we're almost sitting here with a bunch of guys crying because we have our own home. Look at our beautiful stadium. It's all ours. Then a bunch of bears people are going by. Man, that's a really nice stadium. We're going, yeah, it is. It's great.
0: (laughs) Absolutely.
3: It is what it is. I think it's league-wide. I think it's going to happen to everybody. And, And I think you and Lincoln are absolutely right. It's the Raiders' job. To give us something to cheer for. Yeah. You know, get absolutely. Out there and stomp a metal in there, man, and you'll
0: hear us. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Raider 27. You're spot on. And and Lincoln, we're also dealing with a new It's a new world. People, it's, it's a much more mobile world. When we were kids, the thought of taking a road trip to go see, you know, whoever, the Dodgers, or let's say, or whoever, um, it just. It didn't really dawn on us, you know, when we were little right. kids, like with my mom and dad, um, and, and all our friends and everything like that. You know, you, when you want to go see a game, and for our, for us, Lincoln, you know, yeah. we weren't rich by any stretch of the imagination, which is why, you know, my dad would come to us every year and we go to one Dodger game. We'll try to get to a Rams game, uh, when the Raiders were in town, um, you know, maybe one right. Raider game, but that was it. Like you had to make hard choices. And, um, and, and, and the thought of traveling was just – that wasn't even part of anything right. that we were thinking. Nowadays, looking, like, you travel. I travel. When yeah. you're in the airport, how many jerseys do you see? Oh, on yeah. a, you know what I'm saying?
2: Football is a great time of year. I mean, and that's why it's so popular and so loved. I, look, I, I, I was once – and still am of this mindset. I think that the NFL has outpriced the common fan. When I, I, you look at some of the ticket prices – I can't yeah. imagine what you're talking about PSLs or whatever it is, th- some of the prices that I've heard. I mean, we're talking about the price of a car to go season tickets to the game. So I get it. I really do, and I understand it. I, I think that because the NFL is so big, and the reason why these st- these stadiums are so important is because obviously they want the premier games they want the super bowls they want you know the the, the big time college football games and they want suites because they want to be corporate they because they can they can they can have an ounce for an absorbent price for you know the, for a, a group of people a group of 20 and stuff like that and so i see it i see it firsthand and i understand i get it uh it, it's like one of these things the first year like i was saying the first year that the fans have been back or had a chance to go to the uh, Legion. It was beautiful. The The, the, the Monday night game against the Ravens, beautiful. Uh, this is, the scene Sunday, it, beautiful. I mean, even, even with the Bear fans sprinkled, and you knew they were going to be because they're a well-traveled team uh, as well, fan base, you knew they were going to be there. People were planning trips to Vegas. I saw it getting on the plane Friday. Just to come to Vegas and hang out. And oh, by the way, while we're here, why don't we see a game? So right. I get it. Do what you do. What you do. Make yourself comfortable. Hey, it's your money. I'm not telling you how to spend it. I just want, I just, I really want people to around the country when they get a chance to, to see a Legion, I don't care who you're cheering for, but right. get a chance to see a Legion to know and respect that it's the home of the Raider Nation.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's gonna. I I, I do think that'll settle down. Um, as I was mentioning earlier, I think you know you're always going to have some fans of teams, just like when the Raiders go on the road. There's always Raider fans. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, you know, at stadiums, we see them all the time. I see them on my air, on my planes, uh, everywhere at the airport, uh, et, et cetera, et cetera. But to put it, you know, things in perspective on how things have really changed in a lot of different ways. When the when when SoFi Stadium got to a point where okay, it's time to start really selling the tickets. Um, you know, they they had a, uh, there was a package for, a, um, I think it was 20, let's just say 20 suites, right? Um, that was, I want to say a million dollars a year with a 25 to 30 year commitment. So in order to buy that suite, you had to make a, a, a 25 to 30 year commitment at a million dollars a year. And I was yeah. like, you know, I'm I'm being explained to this. And I'm like, whoa. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it sold out like in two days. Because yeah. they, the, you know the market in Los Angeles and I'm sure it was Paramount Studios and you know uh, all the all the uh, you know the, the big studios were, were, were buying them up and uh, there's no shortage and, and and you go to some of these cities and and the business the, whatever the prevailing business might be um, uh, or whatever drives whatever the economy you're talking about, those are the people that buy those, you know, to wine and dine and to have fun. But those are the first ones to sell out, Lincoln, because yeah. people look at these things not just as fans anymore, too. I mean, yes, you have the fan aspect of it in these suites, but that becomes a vehicle to sell more whatever they're trying to sell, to, to you know, uh, to, to make deals. That business is being talked about in some of those suites. So it's just like this very weird dynamic, what sports has become uh, above and beyond just, an experience where fans can come and enjoy a game. It's it's and that's why they,
2: the effort has been going in to to build these conglomerate, these modern colosseums. I mean it's the are attractions within themselves. Exactly. I mean, just, just yeah, just imagine how much business the Raider image store gets being at right there at Allegiant. Absolutely. You know, since they've opened up, I've, every time I've been in there, I've just seen tours after tours. I mean, people were coming from all over the country, all over the world to some extent uh, to be there. And much to the sweets, you know, you can imagine if you're Caesars or the Win, you know, how 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 nice it would be to have some of your big high rollers. Oh, you got, you know, you earned two two tickets to the Raiders game
0: and sit in our suite. Exactly. It, <laughs> there's business deals being made up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in between Daniel Carlson kicking a 52-yard field goal and Derek Carr doing his things, there's business deals. I used to see it all the time at Staples yeah. Center, you know, there that's the Hollywood scene would be there oh, yeah. and they're not just there to watch a game. They're they're doing business uh, as well. What a great place uh, to do it while watching, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers uh lose to the Who'd they lose to? Oh, the Golden State Warriors on... Golden mm. State. Mm.
2: It's okay. It's one game. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: of course. Of course. It's, it's going to take them a little time. Russ, <laughs> Russ, Russ needs to be Russ. Um, he was he was placating a little bit too much. I understand it, you know, but he just needs to be Russell Westbrook. Do your thing. Uh, it'll be fine. LeBron understands. Anthony understands. So uh, need him to uh, to be Russell Westbrook. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Robert is in Portland. How you doing, Robert? Yeah,
3: hey. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys. Um, the Eagles... Uh, you know, I, I study them a lot. And uh, their offensive line now, I, it's back together. For the first time in two years, Lance Johnson's back. And, you know, you know they have two other all pros and Kelce and Brooks. What do you think? Do um, you think this is going to be actually a running game for them? No, this to be the first time they had all those, three of those guys back. I mean, they haven't run the ball hardly at all other than Hurts. But I think Sanders is on the hot seat. Miles Sanders to start running, and I, I just think that uh, with Hankins out, I think we're going to see that Philly do some things different this week. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I think you're going to have to try to run the ball against the Raiders, Lincoln, uh, because if you if 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 you become a one dimensional team against this defensive line, um, and I, I'm still like. Almost Not shocked, but it's it's still weird for me to say this against this Raiders defensive line because it is so good after seeing some very bad defensive lines here the last couple of years. But this is a good defensive line. And if you become one dimensional against it with what Gus Bradley is doing um, uh, and, and some of the some of the things that he's dialing up. Uh, and the great pressure that Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe and Quentin Jefferson and Solomon Thomas, all these guys are getting, it could be a long day for Jalen Hurts. So, yeah, they're going to have to figure out a way to run the ball against the Raiders.
2: Yeah. Where's that ambient noise come from? Did you
0: guys hear that? I did, but now I don't.
2: I don't know what. Okay. All right. Um, No, look, you always want to establish a run, and there's no doubt about it. And and when you look at the way the Raiders got off to a fast start last week, the last thing you want to do is put the ball in the offense. You want to try to control clock. That's that's a a usual, a normal strategy. So, um, yeah, yeah. The fact that they've got some pieces that are coming together, it still means that they're dangerous. We've seen when they've tried to just back up and throw the ball all the time how they're, they're not as successful. But they are—they have been doing some some good things the last couple of games I've seen. They've been able to score some points, so that's always something you have to be mindful of.
0: By the way, um, if you're in town in Las Vegas on Saturday, or if you live here, where? else do you want to be on Saturday at 5 p.m. than the Rockstar Bar and Grill uh, over on Las Vegas Boulevard, right across the street from Town Square, uh, over by the golf course uh, over there, the driving range over there. We're going to be there, Q Myers and myself, uh, some of my friends from Vegas Nation, uh, some of our colleagues uh, here at Raider Nation Radio. From 5 to whenever, uh, it's the go-to place, Rockstar Bar and Grill is, uh, before every home game for the Raiders. We're going to have live music, uh, great food, great drinks, uh, and just a lot of opportunity, a great opportunity to, to meet everybody and to talk, talk Raider football, talk NFL, talk life. It's a lot of fun. DeMond Cotton has said that he will make another appearance because his first appearance was so successful uh, and so invigorating. So uh, he's yep, going to be free back. for drinks. <laughs> of course cuz yes. Did you did you take a bottle of uh Imbah- there was a, there was a bottle of Imbahut or tequila missing link uh, uh Devon did you- <laughs> I heard you clanking when you were no Man, I'm just I kidding. wish. <laughs> we'll hook you up. We'll get you we got you covered. Uh but anyway, if you're in town, if you live here, if you're traveling here, Raider Nation Um, NFL fans uh, whatever the case might be it's turned out to be a great event we do it the night before uh, every Raider home game uh, Rockstar Bar and Grill 5 o'clock so be there or be square uh, on Saturday uh, before they play the Raiders play uh, the Philadelphia Eagles back out to the Raider Nation listener line and hold on one second who are we going to I got it right here Mike is in Chicago how you doing Mike?
4: Hey guys good afternoon for you guys right um I have, I really have a good feeling about this team this year. I think it's going to be a different ending. Um, hopefully, I'm right because I've been a Raider fan for a long time. I've seen stuff go sideways. Um, I want to ask you, Vinny, what impressions are you getting? I think this press conference today was good, especially what Solomon Thomas talked about. That was just that's unheard of for a football player to make that presentation the way he did at the press conference today. Um, the head coach, how do you how do you think these guys are presenting themselves in the press conference? I think Bradley is like a college professor compared to the previous defensive coordinator. I'm sorry. That's just how I see it. All so, good. All good. Yeah, man. I mean, I just see this. I mean, Link, I think this team, and Link, you've been around Raiders for a long time, bro. I think this team is trending upward. I'll just listen to your answer.
0: Yeah. Go ahead, Lincoln.
4: Well, I, I definitely
2: agree they're trending upward and, and it's it look, as you mentioned, Vinny, earlier this this week in the shows that you know the, the offensive line collectively probably had its best outing. Right. Um, dealing with the circumstances and the the changes. Now they're still by no means are they perfect, but they're getting better. And I think that builds confidence. The runs that they did, the things like the screen and stuff like that opened up the offense, made it a little bit, you know, more har- harder to predict to where they're going to go with the football. I thought Josh Jacobs got a little momentum going. And that's all that's all good and, and well for moving forward. And as you mentioned, after the bye, and once they take care of this game, then the bye, they get a chance to probably get even more healthy. But the great thing about it, if they have the if they if they win this game, they'll take a lot of momentum into that buy. And then the first game back, you have to go on the road, obviously, to play the Giants, which is another winnable game. Um, but you know, they're 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 moving in the right direction right now. We saw some good things in lieu of all the off-field distractions and everything that happened. Saw some good things that in their win over Denver, and I think they can build on that. So I think they are headed in the right way.
0: Yeah, I agree, and um, you know, uh, before I forget, shout out to uh, Solomon Thomas for everything he's doing for a tremendous, tremendous cause. Um, he's donating a lot of money uh, per sack uh, for the rest of the year. And I think he uh, backloaded it to include the sacks that he already has um, to fight and to uh, to help prevention of. Suicide and uh, mental aware, mental health awareness, um, and you know, and talking to Solomon about this, he's been on the radio show uh, with us before. Uh, I've talked to him about it. Um, you know, it's it's so important, Lincoln, because you know, in years past, and really o- only up until recently, uh, Lincoln talking about mental health and, hey, I'm not all right, you know, um, and I and I need to talk to somebody about it. That was like taboo for all yeah. of us, especially males. I'm just, you know, that's, it's just the yeah. way we are because it's a weakness, per, yeah. you know, quote unquote, but it's not. Strength comes from being able to talk about it, uh, Lincoln, and not just Talk about it, it has to be heard as well. So there has to be a willing listener and not somebody saying, hey, suck it up, deal with it, you know, uh, don't talk about those things. You, you got to be tough. Those days are over, and I think we're learning more and more that being able to talk about it and express yourself about it is a good thing, and people need to start taking advantage of it. And I'm really proud of guys like Solomon Thomas uh, and others. Kevin Love uh, has stepped up. Um, we saw Dak Prescott um, talking about it, and you know he's he's wearing things on his, on his uniform to bring awareness to it. I think it's a beautiful thing. And more importantly, Lincoln, it's an, it's an important thing that we need to get over that stigma of – you're a weak person because you're not feeling okay. No, you're not at all. You can't look at it like that.
2: Yeah. And I totally agree. All well said, Vinny. I, I personally know that, you know, mental health is important because for a long time in my career, I used to use football as a stress reliever. Right. And then I didn't realize until the tail end of my career, when my body was beat up that how much I did internalize and how helpful it was to talk things out. You can't, can't keep holding on to that, uh, because eventually you're going to pop. So mental health is impar- important for everyone. Uh, and if you, you got to find somebody to talk to, you got to find some way of getting it out, whether it's all the things I do is talk to people, also write in the journal, you know, and I try to do the same thing with my kids, especially just everyday life. I'm like, if there's anything you need to talk about, you're bothered by you, you say something. Uh, and, you know, I, Scott Touche, one of the, the trainers, told me a long time ago, stuck with me. It was like, you know, pain is not a pain is not an indicator of being weak. Pain is an indicator of something's wrong. Exactly. So if you don't feel good, you got to just, you, you know, you got to say something about it. Close mouth, don't get fed.
0: Yeah. And, you know, uh, getting back to uh, um, Mike at Chicago's kind of original intent about um or the direction that he was going in terms of a, a different ending for this team. Um, I, look, I, I think it's going to co- I think this year more than any, it's going to come down to talent. You know, the I think the Raiders are a good team. Um, and I think that they're going to be there at the end. I think they're going to find their way uh, into playoff contention, uh, whether they they make it or get down to the last week of the season. I believe that they're going to be in contention, and I feel like they're, I feel like this team in a lot of ways. Uh, the, the guys that have been here for a few years, it's sort of grown up. I've seen it. I've seen that. And Lincoln, I know you've been a part of teams that were young maybe. I don't know. Maybe you weren't. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but where, where it started out young and it didn't necessarily always go the right way when you're young. And and sometimes that youth and inexperience has a lot to do with that, the, uh, the outcome and the direction that it goes in. But somewhere along the line, especially if guys stay together, uh, and kind of grow up together, like a lot of this Raider team is. You get to a point where you're grown up uh, and able to deal thing deal with things much much better than you were, um, you know, earlier in your career. And then you add and sprinkle in guys like Denzel Perryman and Casey Hayward and KJ Wright and Nick and Gakwe and guys like that that are established in that regard to join, you know, a Derek Carr. And now all of a sudden you have. What I believe, and I've felt this for a while now, a mentally strong team, and I think Lincoln that makes a difference. We're going to talk about it a little bit more on the other end, but I have to believe Lincoln that makes a difference.
2: Well, uh, it does, and we'll talk about it on the other side because we're up against it.
0: Absolutely, you're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila and Bahado Radio Nation Radio nine twenty a.m. on a Thursday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy.
1: You know, that position more than any other position the offensive line where five guys are working together. You may have an injury at at running back or wide receiver, uh, tight end, one of those positions. But where you have five guys communicating uh, and having the continuity of playing together, then it's big. So you certainly can't uh, avoid the injury bug, but those teams that have less injuries in the offensive line uh, seem to play better on offense, so we can stay healthy and we keep those five guys playing together. You know, things should be better. As Raiders offensive coordinator Greg Olson um, talking
0: about uh, the offensive line and the continuity uh, that they're try- they're striving for it right now. I had asked him about how important it is for this particular group of five players, Lincoln, uh, to just get time together and develop together and develop that cohesion and that chemistry. Uh, and Lincoln, um, you know, as I was asking that question, I was remembering a uh, a, a question that I had gotten on Twitter, and <clears throat> I've, I've gotten this same exact question more than a few times, and it was, you know, will the Raiders bench Andre James and you know give somebody else uh, a chance at at center? And and Lincoln, my feeling on this, not just my feeling, but you know, tapping in and out of the uh, of, of of people with within the know. Lincoln, I just think that he needs more time. I I, I think the last thing – I think the best thing for him is playing time. That's how you get better. That's how you develop. I think the last thing he needs right now is to go sit on the bench because that's not going to do anything um, for his development. The Raiders understood, Lincoln, that there was going to be a learning curve for Andre James. It was bound to happen. He was making his first start you know, uh, as the starter, his first turn as the starter – at center. It was going to take a little bit of time. They understood that and they were um, okay with that. It also didn't help, and we've talked about this, Lincoln, um, that Richie Incognito hasn't played one snap and Denzel Good was lost for the season in the first half of the season opener. That really you know, made a what was already a challenge an even harder challenge. But I don't think you throw the baby out with the bathwater on this one. I think you keep running Andre James out there in the hope that he's going to be exactly what they envisioned him to be.
2: Well, and I agree with you. I, I, I think, I honestly think that, you know, you're talking about a guy who played, who didn't play center in college at UCLA. He's in his third year. Now you've got him playing center and, and you, and look, I know he's up to the challenge. Cable believes in him. So I'm going to trust his, his you know, his, his, thought process, his, his strategy, if you will. Um, but I, I've seen some progression. I think, I've always believed that there there are two positions that need as many snaps as possible and uh, two position groups. Well, one of them is quarterback and the other one's offensive line, collectively an offensive line, not individual collectively an offensive line. You have to learn how the other one's going to play and you have to learn how you're going to do it in full speed. And because practice isn't what it used to be, you know, it's really hard to generate that, especially unless you're going up against other teams, but you're not doing that in a regular season. So, as long as no one's getting hurt, as long as you don't see every game, you know, Andre's getting beaten, giving hits up on the quarterback or something like that, no, you don't need to make a change. You just need to, you know, coach him up, correct him, and see how he performs the next time. If he's if he becomes ineffective, well, even if you put in somebody else, you're going to disrupt the continuity of that offensive line. It's going to take more time to gel. And they've already come through so many circumstances where it's affected the flow of the game and the offensive line. Now that you got a little momentum, why would you blow it up?
0: Right, exactly, and um, the other part of it is, to me anyway, why have a plan if you're just going to abandon the plan? Now, it's one thing if, like you said, guys are getting hurt, he's getting blown up on every play, it's just a complete disaster. I don't see it as being a disaster, I see it as being kind of what was, I shouldn't say, I wouldn't say expected, but... um, it was, it, was, it was a possibility that it was going to be a little bit of a struggle. And again, you compound it with the injuries uh, to his right and to his left. That didn't help at all. And you have to account for that. So when you have this plan, you have to stick to the plan at least, again, short of a catastrophe. I haven't seen that be the case, Lincoln.
2: With, Nor have with, I. With, like with I said, it's, it's guiding, you know, you talk about the last performance and we're always going off of our last performance, probably the most solid performance that the offensive line had collectively. Yep. I do a lot of, I do believe a lot of it has to go. confidence is built by scheme,
0: mm-hmm.
2: doing plays that, you know, can work and showing their effectiveness when they, you know, in the, in the game time situation, that's how you build confidence. The more confidence you take on the field, the lesser a chore it becomes, the more fun you're having and the more enjoyable it becomes.
0: Well, I was just going to get to that. Um, you know, when you sprung open a Kenyon Drake on a on an on a 18-yard touchdown run, uh, or you gave your quarterback enough time uh, to complete that wheel route uh, to, to Kenyon Drake for a, a really cool-looking 33-yard touchdown and an important touchdown, or the touchdown throw to to Henry Ruggs, when you start seeing that, and experiencing that as an offensive lineman, and the reality is it all started up front because none of that happens without you guys doing your job. Um, how much does that boost the confidence when you're experiencing those type of plays in one game like they did against the Denver Broncos uh, to, to kind of get your head where it needs to be in terms of, you know, this is working, we're getting it, we're getting there. Uh, Look, you know, and, and I played a big role in that right there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, look, the, I think I saw John Simpson fist bump a couple times during that game. I don't remember seeing him do that at all any time this season, uh, even when they were winning. So, you know, the, when, the way they closed out and the way they finished up, you know, you saw the confidence building. You saw the excitement when you break open runs like that um, and you do a great job and you put that many points on the board. Oh, it's going to feel good. Especially when you're in a, a visiting stadium, and especially when it's a divisional opponent, it, it feels good, and that's what you want to see. That's the success I want to see out of these guys coming together. Because yes, there's still stuff that we need to clean up, but at the same point for right now, you know, Brandon Parker did a pretty good, solid job against Khalil Mack. I mean, not Khalil Mack, uh, Von Miller. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and I was concerned about that. Right. but They also set him up to where they, you know, they they had the chip in place, they had the extra protection in place. And the, the passing game was not really hurt by it. It was still effective because the the coaches figured out a strategy the way the Broncos were playing, and they took advantage of it. And there was also some times where the receivers made some good catches, which you have to do.
0: Um, rewatching that game, Lincoln, and and you know uh, specifically watching Brandon Parker uh, and Alex Leatherwood, um, what I what I noticed about Brandon Parker, and I don't know if you've been able you've gotten a chance to to look at that game again, but he was on on pass protections. He was firing out, uh, and you know it's it's the back backward move because you know you're 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 uh, kind of not retreating, but you're backing up in a in a uh, building a wall type of a uh, type of a position. But he was his movements were like right on the ball. He was getting into his uh, technique and into his position really really fast. What's been your especially last week kind of assessment of where Brandon is right now?
2: Well, look. You know, you and I have talked extensively about Brandon Parker, and I said that I was only worried about his consistency. I know that he's capable of doing it. But here's the thing, when you're playing against guys like that, the Von Millers and the Khalil Max, you don't want to create space. You don't want more space between you and the quarterback because it gives them a two-way go. It gives them the fact that they can spin so or, or or something like that, come inside or out. So using the chip and being able to close down that space allows you to get your hands on them quicker. And more importantly, you know that if you have a chip coming in the back, you play inside out. Those are just things that that you learn with, from experience. This is Brandon's opportunity. He's been in the league for four years. You know, it's probably going to be a question of his future. But if he wants to make it his best opportunity right now, he's got to take full advantage of, of the opportunity before him. So I thought he played pretty strongly, and he's played pretty strongly the last couple of games that he's been in there.
0: Yeah, and I think by the end of the year, um, the Raiders will have a pretty good idea of, you know, is he somebody we move move forward with or not? Uh, I I think, and I'm you know, this is kind of an educated guess, but I think Alex Leatherwood by the end of the year is going to have. I just have this feeling that he's he's going to have accounted himself pretty darn well at right tackle. When it's all said and done, it's going to look uh, okay. And my question to you is if it does, wh- what is your thoughts about just leave him at right guard and then maybe go get a if 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 let's say Brandon Parker, you know, if that's a move on from situation and his contract is running out at the end of this year, so that'll play into it. Uh, but if they do move on from Brandon Parker, what's your thought process in terms of do you move Alex back to right tackle or do you go get a right tackle maybe in the draft or in free agency?
2: The good thing about playing guard is it allows you to get the speed of the game to get at you know, to get uh, um, adequate or get get familiar with the speed of the game and still be out in the football field and show what you how you can be productive. I played guard my first year with Atlanta. Um, And I felt the exact same way. I'm getting out there. I'm getting I'm getting familiar with the speed of the game, catching on and then, you know, moving to the natural tackle spot um, or uh, out to the tackle spot after that. But I will say this, uh, you know, Alex, from my standpoint, Alex still needs to cut down on how he does his pass pro because he leaves his arms out there. You can do that when you're playing a guard because it's much like fighting in a mail in a in a phone booth mm-hmm. um and so it's a tight space you can't necessarily do that on tackles because uh because there is too much space in those guys like you know like like mad max will knock those arms down or in, in Gakwe, if you watch those guys they'll knock those arms down so you can't leave them out there you got to learn how to to be a, a a counter puncher if you will but you can leave them in at guard now the whole thing about brandon parker i will say this careful what you wish for because uh, finding a good swing tackle A guy who can play either left or right is very difficult. So you probably, you're not going to pay him top dollar, top tackle dollar, but you might try to convince him, hey, this is your best opportunity to stay with the team, and we can have you as that swing tackle if you're not playing, if you're not the starting right tackle. But you definitely need to figure out what's going on at the guard position. If you're going to bring Denzel Good back, I mean, there's a lot of things you got to figure out when it comes to this offensive line. But for right now, it's good that they leave things in place and let them play.
0: When we get back, uh, before we get out of here, uh, I want to ask you about DJ Fluker, who uh, the Raiders signed uh, yesterday. I think that's an intriguing signing, especially if you can get healthy uh, and get your keys to the game. Uh, But before we do go to break, I just want to let everybody know that you know you can go get Uh, your Demon Rum shipped directly to you. Just go to DrinkDemonRum.com. The more you buy, the better the deal. And now for being a fan, you can get 10% off your total order. Enter DemonVinny10 in the coupon code. That's DemonVinny10 at DrinkDemonRum.com. On the other side, we'll get into a little bit of DJ Fluker and what the Raiders need to do. Uh, to continue uh, on the right path. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Thursday. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. All right, Lincoln we didn't get a chance to really talk about it yesterday. I don't think we talked about it at all or at least I didn't get your uh, your thoughts on it. but um, mm-hmm. the Raiders signed DJ Fluker, um, veteran guard uh, has been a uh, pretty high quality player um, during his career. Um, a little banged up right now. Uh, he had um, he got uh, his knee cleaned up uh, in late July this year watching him out on the practice field. It looks like he's still kind of you know working his way back uh, into shape. but you know I think this is a signing that the Raiders made for uh, a future payoff, potentially, even as whether it's just a reserve later on in the season, uh, especially if you're starting to think about the playoffs and things like that, or potentially uh, as an insurance just in case you know somebody goes down or somebody's not doing their job. What are your thoughts on DJ Fluker?
2: He's a guard, first and foremost. He's a guard.
0: He played tackle um, all last year.
2: Yeah, but he, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's not get it twisted. Yeah, look, the, 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 the pedigree is there. I understand why they did it. He's from Alabama, former first-round draft choice. I mean, I get it. But no, he's he's not a tackle. He's definitely a guard. Um, you you do this for you do this type of thing. One, because he's available, he's a veteran. He he might be able to provide a little bit of stability and depth if you need somebody. It just shows me that you're probably not satisfied with Simmons or Luminor. So you probably want to get a backup. And even if you think about You know, if Parker, because uh, he's always had an issue with consistency, if Brandon Parker starts to struggle and you need to move Leatherwood back, then DJ would be a a guy that you would probably put in probably before a That's why you make that type of sign. That's the only way it really makes sense to me, because other than that, he's been banged up and he's coming. He was coming off a suspension, wasn't he? Um, Yeah, he
0: was. Yeah, that's why he um, what, what had happened was he gets the surgery. And he was with the Miami Dolphins and they, uh, they worked out a, um, you know, injury settlement. So, injury settlement, and, yeah. then, and then, and then I don't remember if he was suspended after that or, you know, you know how that works. How yeah, that yeah, works. Yeah. So long story short, he had to sit out six games, uh, on suspension and now, you know, the suspension, uh, has been exhausted and the Raiders signed him. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see, um, if he can provide any help or just like we like, like you talked about, uh, insurance, but that looks like it's going to be a little bit down the road. Just by I mean, I'm no doctor, but I'm just he's a that. big man, he's a, he's a he's big a dude. big man,
2: and then they have a listed at 340 something. No, there's no, he's not 340, he hasn't been 340 since he was in college. Um, so <laughs> you know, he's he's almost you know, and I mean, he's a big guy, so he's got to get back in shape, and especially if he had a six game suspension. I think he's probably a biscuit away from 400, but I'm not. I'm not great <laughs> to see him.
0: By the way, you know, we asked uh, Josh Jacobs about um, DJ. They, they, their paths didn't cross at Alabama, but they, right. you know, share the same alma mater. And Josh is like, that dude is a legend in Alabama. I, I kind of right. forgot how good he was in in college, um, you know. But uh, he was he was one of the one of the great ones that that played at that program. So we'll see. I think as Lincoln and I have been talking about, though, I think first and foremost. The writers just need continuity right now yeah. uh, on this offensive line. And, you know, you can't rule out still because it's not been ruled out, but the possibility that maybe Richie Incognito can come back at some point and give them something, if he's healthy, Lincoln. And the last one of the last things that John Gruden told us uh, on, on the Monday before he resigned was that, you know, Richie's getting better. And they were targeting – the, the Giants game on November seventh after the bye week for a potential return. If let's say it works out that he is healthy and he's ready to go in that Giants game, is he a guy that you just insert right back in the starting lineup?
2: Richie brings attitude. He brings aggressiveness. Um, you know i i i would I would be reluctant, depending on how they play up until that point. I would be reluctant to change anything because I just don't want to ruin the continuity mm-hmm. uh, or the flow. You know what I mean? Unless you yeah. have to, does that make sense? Yes. So I, I would be reluctant to change anything, but but I do know that Richie brings an attitude. He brings, he brings. A, a, um, and it was almost like what what Kelechio similarly did when he was playing and for Rodney Hudson and even Gabe Jackson. He, he it was something about his presence. And Richie was in there the last couple of years. It was something about his presence that brought a little bit more of of a, of a, of a physical anger side. I definitely saw it out of Colton Miller when Richie was next to him. Um, Again, haven't seen it with Andre James because he wasn't there, but um, you know, so I, that's, that's definitely what incognito brings to the board.
0: Well, we will see. And again, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a story for, for another day, but um, you know, we'll see if he can, if he can give him a lift, if he can give him some help uh, it's something that You know, hey, even if it's for the last five games of the season and into the playoffs, if they're so fortunate uh, to make that, they're all hands on deck at that point. Like they've said all along, trying to get your best eleven on the field at any given time. And um, you know, if Richie is part of that, if 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 at that point he's healthy enough to be one of the best eleven offensively, I think you get him out there. Um, It's probably his last year, and John Simpson's not going anywhere. Um, But I I agree with you too. You got to think about the continuity and all that as well. So, uh, But we'll see. It may not even come to that. Who knows? Uh, Lincoln, thank you so much for this week. As usual, I will see you uh, on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, take care of yourself. Have a great weekend. See you uh, See you Sunday. Devon Cotton, thanks for everything that you do. Uh, thanks to all our guests. Thanks to all our callers. Uh, we appreciate everything you guys do and you're why we do this. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila and Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We will see you tomorrow at live at the Treasure Island Golden Circle Sportsbook from 4 to 6 PM. I'll be out there. Uh, it's always a great scene. So if you're nearby, you know what I say. Come on by.